this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. This week, we are continuing in our series that we started last week, Chasing Contentment. And it's, it's a series all around, I think, one of the realities, one of the problems that perhaps many of us, many of you may face in your life, that, that life is extremely full, yet there's still this sense of emptiness inside, that we can be busy doing many, many things, but something's missing, a greater level of satisfaction. And so next number of weeks, we are going to look at the question of what do we need to chase? What do we need to pursue in life in order to fully be content? In, in order to, to realize that life that Jesus promises us when he speaks of a life of abundance. Now, I know we're getting closer to Christmas. And I think it's actually at this time of the year that is most appropriate to begin asking this type of question. Because Christmas, in many ways, is a great revealer and reminder. It, it reveals what is actually going on in our lives. Now, I get it. December is a month where we're, we get together with family and friends, and we celebrate, we have parties, uh, we buy gifts. But if there's a sense of emptiness inside, Christmas is almost like a Band-Aid solution. It's going to kind of cover over your discontent for a little bit, but you know that January is a coming. And so Christmas is a great revealer, but it's also a great reminder of, of where ultimately I believe lasting contentment comes from, as it points us away from perhaps the some things of this world to the someone that we celebrate at Christmas. So this week, when I think of chasing contentment, I want to land on the theme of love. Now, I know for a lot of us, love is an important part. Love is a place where we ultimately find contentment in life, uh, love with friends and love with, with, with uh, family. And, and just that's an important element. For some, maybe you have this sense of emptiness because you don't really feel loved by others. And so we're going to talk about love. And as we do, I, I want to kind of pose a question. Have you ever considered that there are actually levels to love, that not all love is equal? Stay with me for a moment. Think video games. Now, I don't know where you land on video games. I'm an amateur video game player. Not, not really big into it. My big game back in the day was Pac-Man. Uh, I can see eyes rolling already. That's a rather dated game. But, but I realize games have changed. But regardless of where you land on video games, you know the basic reality. In any video game, there are various levels. And the goal is to get to the highest level of the game. And the reality is the higher levels you, you accomplish, there's actually a greater sense of contentment. That level one of a video game is where everyone begins, but that's not where you want to stay. I think in many ways, love acts the same way. That there are different levels of love. And if we choose to stay at the lowest level of love, that's a pretty good indicator as to why we are lacking contentment in life. That it's God who has given us love, but never with the intention of keeping us on the lowest level. So what does this look like? What are the levels of love? Well, let's jump back into the Christmas story. Perhaps a, a familiar story to some, and maybe this is the first time you're hearing it for others. And it's in this story that I believe we're beginning to be revealed to us 
the ultimate levels of love. And that when we get to the top level, our love shines brightest. Let's jump into the story. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18 to 25. It, it sets the context for the rest of our conversation. This is what Matthew records. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. If you keep following us through the whole Christmas story, you'll probably hear me repeat this every single week. One of the dangers of the Christmas story is we become too familiar with it. We, we read it through and we see the sentiment and we understand, but we fail to recognize the incredible lessons and impact it can have upon us. We probably know how the story goes. There's a young couple, Mary and Joseph. They're pledged to be married. And then a bit of a bombshell is dropped. Mary realizes she's pregnant, even though she hasn't had sex with Joseph, her soon-to-be husband. Well, Joseph catches winds of this, and Joseph, like any guy, is like, I'm, I'm out, and decides he's going to end the relationship. And then God steps in, and God actually tells Joseph, no, 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 this is the plan, this is the plan. This is the coming Messiah, that what is about to be born is conceived by the Holy Spirit. So Joseph, I want you to take Mary as your wife, and also, oh, by the way, name the baby Jesus, right? That's big picture. That's the bullet points. And you're like, okay, okay, what does this have to do about love? What does this have to do about me chasing contentment? I think it's right in this story. It's right here that we begin to see some of the ultimate levels of love. So, so what are they? Well, I'm, I'm kind of a simple guy, so I break it down into threes. I think there's three levels of love. The first level of love, love 1.0. Basic level, entry level love. Everyone gets it. Everyone knows it. Everyone experiences it. It is what I would refer to as sentimental love. It's, it's the love. It's that puppy dog love. It's the I got all the feels love. It's a love that is based upon emotion. It's a love really that, that our culture oftentimes pushes upon us. We hear it in songs. We see it in movies. Listen, if you watch Hallmark movies, those movies are based upon sentimental love. It's, it's a love that we respond to that is emotionally driven. It's baseline love. It's entry-level love. It's, it's easy love. Here's the problem with this type of love. It's emotional. 
It can easily come and go. And to put it bluntly, it's a selfish kind of love. It's a love that we respond to based upon our needs. Now, I get it. Everyone experiences, everyone is a part of it. But it's not a love that the Bible really talks a whole lot about. That type of love actually isn't even in this story, right? Like the narrative of Mary and Joseph coming together is not like Joseph noticed Mary down the alleyway one day and is like, whoa, whoa, that is the woman of my dreams. That is who I'm going to marry. No, no, no. Understand the context, right? In the ancient days, these marriages would have been arranged. Joseph and Mary had no say in any of this. They, their parents would have got together and been like, okay, Mary, Joseph, this is what's going to happen, right? Now, sure, the feelings may have come eventually. There might have been that sense of sentiment, but, but it wasn't the basis of their relationship. And so that's level one. I think one of the challenges for so many of us is that if we are simply trying to pursue level one love, sentimental love, no wonder we're discontent. Because we talk about falling in love or falling out of love how love comes and how love goes. There's no staying power to sentimental love. That's why in many ways it's sentimental love that that has made love become so well-worn. We we, we talk about our our, our love of our family and then in the same way we talk about how we love nachos or, or we love ice cream, right? Like there's no staying power to level one love. And so if you're discontent with love, ask yourself the question, Am I simply chasing level one sentimental love? Because there's a better kind of love. This is what I would refer to as level two love. Level 2.0. What does this look like? Well, we start to see it in the story. Joseph actually begins to display level two love, which I'm going to call good person love. That it's a love that is based upon commitment. A love that is based upon sacrifice. A love that you are willing to show to someone else for their benefit. And it's actually right in the story. It's amazing that when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant, even before God visited him, even before anything told him what to do, he decided in his mind that he was going to end the relationship quietly. Now, Joseph wasn't going to stay married to Mary but he also wasn't going to publicly disgrace her, which he totally could have done. It actually likely would have been expected that Joseph would have done this, to kind of march her before the town and announce what had happened, and this is, he was stepping away, and then Mary would have faced dire, dire consequences. But Joseph was a good guy. He displayed good person love, a love that is based upon commitment a love that is based upon sacrifice, a love where you willingly bear the cost for the benefit of someone else. I'm sure most of us land in level two kind of love. One of the best examples for me is as a parent, right? As a parent, you absolutely have sentimental love for your kids. When they're born, when they do cute things, when they do things that make you proud, there's that sense of sentiment, right? It's based upon emotion. But as a parent, you know, you can't just simply love your kids when you feel like it. Because newsflash, kids do things that drive you crazy. There's moments where you're like, I don't understand why you are doing this. But you don't just suddenly say, I'm no longer going to love you. No, no, it's a committed love. It's a love that's based upon sacrifice. 
And we all show this kind of love. The reality is you don't actually need to have God in your life to show this kind of love. There are many good people out there who show this type of good person love to others. Which should indicate to us that good person love is not the ultimate level of love. And so let's talk about that. Because there is an even greater level of love. And it's the love that Joseph begins to show. It's in the story where we are told that after Joseph decides that he is going to leave Mary quietly, an angel of the Lord visits him, tells him the story, tells him the plan, and basically tells Joseph, stay with her. Take her as your wife. Level three love is the act of love that we wouldn't come to on our own. Joseph displayed good guy love when he was willing just to kind of walk away quietly from Mary. But that was not what God asked of him. There was something even more. It's what I would refer to as God-given love. It's a love that is asked of us. That isn't just simply a love that we show to others that will love us. It's a love that goes beyond what even we think we could do. Think about it for a moment. I don't know how familiar you are with the Bible or with the teachings of Jesus, but the majority of what Jesus talks about when he speaks of love is not level one, not level two, level three type of love. Let me give you a few examples. It's when Jesus says, love your enemies. What? Wait. I can't, I can't do that. Or Jesus says, pray for those who may hurt you. Or when Jesus tells us to love others who may never repay you. We go on and on and on, but we begin to see the ultimate level of love, where love shines brightest, is when we go beyond what we could naturally do. That's what Joseph did. And we know this because he did it not on his own strength. There's this really interesting line that is included in the description of who Joseph is. He says he, the Bible says he was a righteous man. Now what, what does righteous mean? Like what, what, what does that mean for us? It's the Bible's way of saying he lived out his faith in God. He didn't just simply believe in God. He didn't just simply follow all the rules. He was willing to live in a way that would push him beyond what he could do on his own. I so appreciate the story of Joseph because his natural response was to show love to Mary by stepping away quietly. But then God shows up and it's almost as if he says, you can do better. I want you to go beyond what you could ever imagine. And that's the love that Joseph showed. As I think about my life, as I think about the reality of faith, I can do level one, sentimental. I can do level two, good person love, kind of on my own. 
I can get all emotionally caught up in the moment and, and have those good feelings and, and love others. I can love those who I know are going to love me. I can love those that I am committed to. But level three love, God-given love, is the love where my faith is played out, where I step beyond what I could do on my own. It's also at this level that I believe we begin to experience ultimate contentment in life. So my question for you, thinking of video games, thinking of love, what level of love are you pursuing? Sentimental, good person, or God-given love? This Christmas, we were reminded that the ultimate contentment is found when we step into level three love, God-given love. So what does this look like? How do we begin to step into this place? Understand first and foremost, this isn't a type of love that we simply attain by trying harder. Remember, it's God-given love. And so how do we get there? First thing, focus on Jesus. I love how right in this story, Joseph is told to do two things. First thing, keep Mary as his wife. Second thing, name the baby Jesus. Why? Because there's meaning in the name. Because Jesus is the Savior, the one who will save us from our sins. It's at Christmas that when we focus upon Jesus, we recognize that God's love is not just simply sentimental. God's love is not just good person love. God's love is level three love. A love that goes beyond anything we could ever imagine. A committed love. A sacrificial love. A love that is willing to bear the ultimate the, the, the ultimate cost of going to the cross for our benefit. So don't try level three on your own. You won't get there. You can't forgive others. You can't love those who hurt you. You can't, you can't love in ways that go beyond your strength without the reality of God at work in your life. So focus on Jesus. Like Joseph, I believe, be reminded of God's great love for you. And then the second thing is be prepared. Be prepared for God to nudge you in a direction that you likely wouldn't have gone on your own. For Joseph, it was a dream. It may not be, in that case, that blunt for you. But I know that when we choose to follow Jesus, he will nudge us in a way that we would never love on our own. Why do I say that? Because Jesus told us, love others as I have loved you. So if Jesus doesn't settle simply for sentimental or good person love, neither should we. This week, this week, take some time, read the story, be reminded again of God's great love for you. And then look for opportunities to jump into level three love. It's where ultimate contentment is found. It's where God wants you to be. I know for me, as I think about this and as I pray about this, 
there's a sense of wondering what this week will lay out. Because I know that when we start to focus upon Jesus and loving as he has loved us, there's going to be opportunities. The question is not, will there be opportunities? But how will you respond to them? Listen, I'm going to jump back in a little bit of Pac-Man. Have a great week. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for me before we end. And so, Lord Jesus, as we think again of your birth, the reminder of how God loved us so much that he sent us you, our Savior. A love that was not based upon sentiment, but was rooted in commitment. A love that goes beyond anything we could ever ask or even imagine. Jesus, may we focus on this love. But may we then respond to love others in the way that you have loved us. I pray for those watching today that there would be opportunities, that that you'd present to them ways in which they can love in extravagant ways, that goes beyond sentiment, that goes beyond just being a good person, but they truly need to be rooted in you. For we ask it, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Now may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious towards you. Now may you know God's love and love as he has loved you. Amen. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris. Our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10:30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B.ca. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, we have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.